anybody ready to dive? Man, it is so good to have you with us this morning. I want you to turn in your Bibles or your phones, iPads. If you don't have any of that, we'll throw it on the screen for you. But I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. As you're turning there, I'll start with a little story that's kind of funny. Heard about this older lady that came to church and was met by a very friendly usher. And when she saw him, she said, young man, I would like to sit in the very front row. He looked at her and he said, oh, ma'am, you don't want to do that. Our pastor is really boring and he'll put you to sleep. So I'll be glad to seat you somewhere else. She looked at him with this appalled look on her face and she said, young man, do you know who I am? He said, no, ma'am. She said, I'm the pastor's mother. He put his head down in his embarrassment and after a quick pause, he looked back at her and he said, ma'am, do you know who I am? She said, no, he said, thank God. Just, uh, a little bit of fun. Don't worry, we're not going to put you to sleep today, all right? We've got, we've got some fun. Uh, I believe God has a message for you and I. You know, over the last few weeks, we've been learning that God wants us to dive to deeper places. And we've learned kind of these principles. In week one, I taught out of Ephesians, which says, I want you to have, Paul says, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that through that you will know God. So we dive by knowing him more. We dive by discovering our purpose and we dive by receiving his power. And then last week, Pastor um, Wayman got his preach on and talked to us about prayer. Didn't you do a great job last week? And he taught us about diving through prayer and through personal devotion. And I want to wrap up the series this week by continuing, and I want to give you a couple thoughts. But why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I want to invite you to read this passage with me, if you will. Let's all read together. Those of you joining us online, why don't you stand there in your house too? We're just going to honor the, the word of God and declare it together. Let's read, everyone, loudly. Ready? The Spirit not content to flit around on the surface, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God had planned all along. Verse 12, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. You see, what the Bible is telling us, the verse leading into this says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things which God has prepared. You see, unless you go diving, you don't realize that under the surface there are these beautiful fish, there's reefs, there's turtles, there's all this amazing things, or amazing things that are available for you, but you don't see it till you go deeper. And what we discover is that the Holy Spirit wants to take us to deeper places because there are things that he has waiting for us. Does anybody want to receive all that God has for you? I don't know about you, I do. Man. So let's pray together today. Will you just close your eyes? Holy Spirit, I, I come this morning and I ask that you would just wash and cleanse me. I pray that you would use the things that are spoken today to bring freedom and truth, hope, transformation. So I ask that I would decrease and that you would increase. I ask that people would walk out of this room not going, man, that was a funny joke or that was a cool verse, but they will walk out and truly say, God spoke to me. So speak, 
boldly, loudly. Just open your heart and take a moment to entertain the presence, the Holy Spirit. Just yield for a moment. Say, Holy Spirit, have your way. I make room for you. Thank you, God. In your name we pray. Can somebody, if you love Jesus, say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, David. I tell you, the anointing comes every time David touches the keys. He was, he was down in South America, and there was no anointing here all weekend. No, not really. It was, we missed him. We're glad to have him back. Today, I want to talk to you about how we dive, because if you read that verse with me a moment ago, you discovered that the way we go deeper is through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The reality, though, is that a lot of us don't really know what is the Holy Spirit. You know, the the new movie, which is an old movie, Star Wars, is coming out. Do we have any Star Wars fans out there? Right? Well, because of Star Wars, we all know of the what? The Force. And when Jesus was about to leave, he said, I'm leaving. And he didn't say, I'm leaving so that the Force will be with you. Because the Holy Spirit isn't a Force. The Holy Spirit is a friend. He's a person. He's a part of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But what happens for a lot of Christians, we don't really understand what is the Holy Spirit and what does it really mean? How does he take us deeper? And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about my friend, the Holy Spirit. So grab your notes, grab your books, your pens, whatever you're going to do, and I want you to write this first point down. All of you joining me online, why don't you do the same? If we're going to go deeper, if we're going to dive Number one, write this down, we dive deeper with a guide. Will you say that phrase with me, everyone? Dive deeper with a guide. You know, it's interesting, if you want to go diving, which I have done, you can't just, you know, go to the store and rent the gear to go diving unless you've had a guide certify you. Because to go deeper requires some things. You need someone that shows you how the equipment works. You need someone that equips you with what to do in certain situations, how to wear your mask. You see, you've got to have a, a guide that helps you be prepared to go deeper. And so if we're going to go deeper, God sent us a guide because we dive deeper with a guide. Let me show you the verse where Jesus says this. It's found in John chapter 16, verse 12 and 13. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, and here's what he says. There is so much more I want to tell you. Let me stop right there. Isn't that cool to know? This was right before Jesus, about 24 hours before he was going to be arrested. All of that was happening. So Jesus says this. Listen, there's so much stuff I wish I could talk to you about. So many things I want to tell you. He says, but you can't bear it now. But look what he says in verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So what Jesus said is, listen, I'm leaving so that you can have a guide. So the way we go deeper is we allow our guide to lead us. So if we're going to understand a guide, then we need to really understand what a guide does. All right? So I want you to write a few subpoints down. First subpoint is simply this. If you want to know what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, if you want to know what a guide does, number one, write this down, a guide directs. A guide directs. It says in John 16, 13, which we read a moment ago, it says the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. The word guide is an interesting word in the Greek because if you look at it, here's basically what it means. It means to show the way. To show the way. I'll never forget, um, when I went diving for the first time, 
I was in Hawaii on vacation. Anybody like vacation? I'm here ready for one. After last night and all those kids and all that candy, you're like, I could use a vacation right now. Well, um, I got, you know, went through the certification. My cousin Phil was there. It was kind of funny because we were on vacation, Devet and I, and Phil had come as well. And, and so uh, Phil was there for a purpose because Devet, one of the things she loves to do when we go on vacation is shop. And all the ladies. But she doesn't really like to dive. So I was talking to Phil. I'm like, hey, this works out perfect. Do you like to dive? He's like, I would love to dive. So I was like, Devet, why don't you go shop and we'll go dive? She's like, cool, go do it. So we got certified. And after we got certified, we jumped in the boat, we headed out, and when we got out on the, the ocean, we all did our little flop into the water where you put your legs out and you drop, and man, I landed in the water, and as soon as I did, I took off. And as I took off, you know, swimming, feet are going, I, I feel this tap on my leg. And when I feel the tap, I kind of stop and under the water, and I turn around, and my guide is standing there, is, is there under the water floating going, <laughs> as if to say, where, where are you going? What are you doing? And in my mind, I can't tell him. I want to, you know, do sign language or something, but I don't know how. But I'm like, I'm going diving. And then he looks at me and he's like, that way. (laughs) The point I'm making is that I started to dive, but without my guide, I would have been out in a part of the ocean where I wouldn't have seen anything. I wouldn't have experienced anything. I wouldn't have accomplished what I wanted to accomplish because my guide was there to show me where the fish are. In fact, it was cool because I got to literally swim above a huge turtle and I just put my hand on the turtle and was swimming along with the turtle. It was amazing. It was awesome. But I would have missed what was waiting for me if I'd just gone on my own and not realized that I had a guide to show me the way. How many of us in our life, we start this journey with God and then we just take off doing our thing, not realizing that we have the Holy Spirit in our life to lead us and guide us to discover the promises and the blessings and the gifts and all the things that God has for us. You see, we all want to know what God's will is. I mean, I think that's a a question most Christians ask at some time. God, what is your will for my life? Anybody here ever ask that question? But let me tell you something. We have the general will of God. So for instance, say you're here and you're young, you're a student, you're you know, looking one day to be married and you're thinking, you know, if I'm going to be married one day and have a spouse, what does it mean to be a spouse? How should I treat them? Well, guess what? We have the word of God. If you want to know the general will of God, that's called the Bible, the scripture. That's his word. And his word gives us the general will of God. You need to be humble. You need to honor them. You need to treat them above yourself, right? All of the things that tells us what to do if you're going to be married, but it doesn't tell us who it is you're going to be married to. So then the question becomes, Lord, okay, I kind of know a general direction, but show me the path. Who's the one? That's the job of the Holy Spirit. You see, the word is to give us the general will, but it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the specific will of God for our lives. That's why Jesus said, there's all this stuff I want to tell you, but I have to go. So the Comforter will come, or so the Holy Spirit will come. And here's why, because the Holy Spirit is the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere all the time, in your heart and in mine. Imagine if Jesus had stayed, and seven and a half billion people tried to get a meeting with him to find out who they're supposed to marry. (laughs) Jesus said, I have to go so you can get your guide. If you think he's a force... 
or some presence, you're never going to have the relationship that he wants with you to help lead you and show you the specifics of God's purpose and plan and will for your life. Am I supposed to take that job? Is this really the calling that God has given me? Am I, is this the field I'm supposed to be in? What are we supposed to do with our finances? I want to tell you, God is there to give you general things, but the Holy Spirit, your guide, is there to help you know the purpose and the plan and the will of Almighty God. Isn't that cool to know God has a will for you and me? Amen. Thank you, 37 of you. You loved that point. Awesome. So a guide directs. Let me give you another really interesting thing about our guide, the Holy Spirit. Here's the second thing. Write this down. A guide. Just making sure you're listening. A guide conducts. What do you mean, Pastor Jared? Well, what's interesting about this word in the Greek to show the path The Holy Spirit wants to show the path. He wants to guide you where you're supposed to go. But the root word that that Greek word guide comes from is a word which means conductor. Now, I, over the years, um, have been blessed growing up in music. I have a degree in music. And um, I've had the privilege of being able to direct and conduct an orchestra. Had the chance to do some arranging for them. And the church I was at before, I would arrange songs with orchestra and we would do them for productions and so on. And what's interesting is when you're a conductor of the orchestra, you don't play an instrument, you play the orchestra. And your job is really just to keep them going. And to keep them on pace so that they don't get too slow or too fast, we used to do a thing where we would pre-record the choir with a click track and the orchestra would play along live with the pre-recorded choir. And so in my ears, I had to make sure that they were synced together, that everything was on track and that we were keeping pace. You know what's amazing is, you see, you and I, we have a friend called the Holy Spirit, and he's there to not only show us the way, but to help us keep pace. Because I'm going to tell you, there are times in in our lives where if we're not careful, we'll bog down and we'll stop. Reminds me of when I was in Hawaii a few years ago. It's one of my favorite places to go for vacation. And when we were there, I think it was almost three years ago, we we decided to do the helicopter thing. And so all six of us got on this helicopter and we flew over the big island of Hawaii and we were looking at, you know, the volcanoes and there was lava flowing and we're taking pictures with our phones. And, and, we're like, and the, the guy who's the, the pilot, he's like, okay, we're going to go. And we're like, no, 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 hold on, fly over there. And we're doing all this stuff. And finally, the, the, the pilot says, guys, let me have your attention. And we're like, well, what? And he's like, we have to go. If you want to have enough gas... To see all the rest of the stuff, like the amazing waterfalls and the forests and the, we got to keep going. And how many times do we not realize that the role of the Holy Spirit is not only to show us where to go, but the times that you and I, if we're not careful, we get bogged down and suddenly go, man, I can't believe, look what they did and, and how can, and then suddenly revenge and bitterness starts growing in our heart and we, we don't forgive them and now we're bogged down in this unforgiveness and bitterness and, and, and suddenly we're, we're not moving anymore, we're not growing anymore, we're not receiving what God has for us anymore. So the Holy Spirit comes along and he gives us a little holy kick in the booty and he says, like, it's time to keep going, don't stop where you are, you have a guide to show you the way and you have a guide to keep you on track, to keep you moving, to keep you growing so you can see, receive every gift promise that he has waiting for you. Amen? 
Amen. I think that was better preaching than your amening. I just want you to know. I think it was. That's a, isn't that great to know that God keeps us on track? Isn't that awesome? How many times have we stopped? Have we slowed down? Have we become distracted? A guide directs. A guide conducts. That's the Holy Spirit. Here's another one. You ready? A guide comforts. A guide comforts. Will you write that down? Look what it says in John 16, verse 7. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I love this verse. I, I had them put it in the King James Version. Anybody here grew up on the King James Version? Come on, the Bible. Don't you feel like when you read it, you should be speaking in a, an English accent or something? In the first service, Joe Jakes from England was like, amen. He did it with an English accent. So this is in the, 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 new, the new English, and he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto thee. I mean, when you read that, right, you kind of want to... It's interesting because in this word, the guide is called a comforter. Let me explain it this way. You know, many years ago, when Devette and I first got married, we had hand-me-downs, leftovers, you know, that everybody gave us because we were the young married couple with no money. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we um, were in our new apartment that we're living in, and one day Devette comes, she's like, Jared, we need a new... Now, we didn't call them comforters back then. We called them bedspreads. Remember back when we were bedspreads? She's like, we need a new bedspread. And I'm like, you're right. This thing is all scratchy and thin. You can see through it and... And she's like, well, let's, we need to get another one. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then she told me how much they cost. I'm like, well, we can get a loan from our parents. And, um, and, you know, they come with all kinds of stuff. So I'll never forget, she went and got the comforter. And it was this, you know, really, I walk into the room. It's nighttime. We're getting ready to go to bed. I'm like, it was literally like I walked in and a light shone over the bed. And just started singing. I was like, that is awesome. So I walk over. I get, you know, in the bed. I pull up the sheets. I grab the comforter and I pull it up around me. And it's like this warmth that envelops me. And then Devette walks in the room and she goes, what are you doing? (laughs) Now, ladies, you know where I'm going with this before the men. She's like, what what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm laying in the warmth of the comforter. She's, no, 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 no. That's for show, not for use. Come on, ladies, how many are you talking about? And I soon discovered that our house is filled with things that are for show and not for use. I have towels in my bathroom that you can use, but I can't. This is no lie. There is a trash can in the front bathroom that I am not allowed to put trash in. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. (laughs) Too many Christians, when they think about the Holy Spirit, is, no, 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 that's for show, but it's not for use. What good is a towel when your hands are wet and you have to go like this. The Holy Spirit is not for show, it's for use. He's the comforter. 
He's the guide. Here's what the word comforter means in the Greek. It's the word, in fact, this word is used by Jesus to describe the Holy Spirit. And it's only used five times in the Bible. Four of the times it's used is by Jesus in John 14 through 16 when he's explaining the role of the Holy Spirit. And he says, he is the comforter, parakletos, and it means to to be a a consoler. But sometimes when we think of comfort, oh, it's just going to make me feel better when I'm feeling bad. Listen, the Holy Spirit isn't just there to comfort you when you have sorrow, but that word also means an advocate or a helper. In fact, the word helper or advocate means, listen to this, supporter, promoter, backer, believer, The Holy Spirit is in your life. It's not for show, it's for use. Do you realize you've got a promoter? You've got someone backing you. You've got someone believing in you. You've got someone standing up for you. You've got someone that is willing and able to help you in any situation you face in life and he's called the Holy Spirit and he is your guide and he is your comforter. sad thing is that most of us think of the Holy Spirit as some force. And what's sad is this, is that the reason the comforter is here, the reason the guide, the Holy Spirit is here, is so that he can help you have a relationship with God. How many know you can't have a relationship with someone through somebody else? There's a lot of people that your relationship with God, you're trying to have it through, if higher vision is your church, you're trying to have a relationship with God through your pastor. Wouldn't it be strange if, if I wanted to have a relationship with Pastor James, get to know him better and him be my friend, which he is. Wouldn't it be weird if I went to Laura and says, hey, could you tell James? It's just not the same. And I want to tell you that a lot of Christians don't understand. That's one of the reasons, I I don't know if I shared this at the beginning, but I'm praying about and working on a book about the Holy Spirit. Because I think that so many people, I think the one thing that that the Lord has helped me to do over the years is take concepts that are are, are difficult to understand and make them real simple. Because I'm just a simple guy. And if we can just understand that the Father wants a relationship with you and I, but we don't need to try to live it out through somebody else. Listen, if you come to me and ask me if you should take that job or not, listen, I'm not your Holy Spirit. I can't give you God's specific will. I'll be glad to pray with you, and and, uh, I believe in counsel, but only he can reveal the specific and perfect will of God to you. So you need to know him, not just know me. We need a comforter. We need a guide. We need a conductor. We need someone to direct us. Y'all still with me? Say amen. Amen. Let me give you one last point before we give you kind of this is the last sub point about our guide. The last thing about our guide we need to know in this passage in John is that the Holy Spirit is a guide and a guide convinces A guide convinces. What do you mean, Pastor Jerry? Well, let me read to you this verse. John 16, verse 8. Look at what Jesus says. He says, and when he, who is he? The Holy Spirit, right? Isn't it interesting? Jesus calls him he. He's a person. He has a personality. When he comes, he will, what's the next word? What's that word? 
I know we don't like that word. I like all that other stuff, Pastor. That's cool. But that convicting word? Hmm. He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Now, let me make this more palatable and help you understand a little better. Because the Holy Spirit wants to bring conviction. But let me tell you what the word conviction means in the Greek. The word conviction means to convince. You know, I want to tell you, when you are able to convince, you have power. I won't take time to tell the story, but there was a day when I was young and immature that I had power because I convinced my five-year-old brother to get into a dryer. How many know power can be a dangerous thing? He's in counseling. Convincing is power. And what the scripture says is we have the Holy Spirit to be our guide. And what does a guide do? He convinces. What, is, what does he convince us of? Well, the first thing he convinces us of is when we do something we shouldn't do. You know, if you're living your life and you're lying all the time. You see, God doesn't want you to keep lying. Not because he's some mean, you know, judge up in heaven with a gavel that wants to hit you over the head and doesn't want you to have fun in life. What is he doing? He knows that if you keep lying, you're going to destroy trust. And all the relationships in your family and your friends are not going to believe you anymore. They're not going to want to have a relationship with you anymore because you're not telling the truth and so you're going to end up alone and isolated and your life destroyed so he loves you so much because you're running to a cliff and he doesn't want you to fall off he loves you so much that he says I want to convince you that what you're doing is a thing called sin you see sin isn't just doing bad sin is missing the mark And how many times in life are we living our life missing the mark and we need the Holy Spirit rather than pushing him away we need to invite him in so that he can come and convince us convict us of our sin because it's God's grace and love to protect us. Y'all with me? But you know what I love about this? This guide that convinces, he doesn't just convince us of our sin. Guess what he does? The Bible says, and of God's righteousness. In other words, the Holy Spirit is not only there to show us the things that we need to change, but he's there to make sure that we know and we believe that when the devil jumps on our shoulder and says, you know what, you're a loser, you always do things wrong, you're never going to amount to anything, you're never going to be able to accomplish what God has for you. Look at all the bad stuff you've done. Look at how you keep doing all the stuff that you say you're not going to do anymore. You know, you'll never make a difference. The Holy Spirit, your friend, is there to go, don't listen to him, because guess what? Oh, Old things are passed away. All things have been made new. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When I look at you, there isn't any sin there because it's all been removed. You're a new creature. Things are brand new. You've got a brand new start. You look and reflect your God in heaven. I'm here to convince you that you are walking as the righteousness of God. I think that's pretty big. I think that's pretty profound. How many times do we miss out on the confidence, on the boldness, on the power of understanding who we are as children of God and in receiving the inheritance that he has for us because we've let the devil convince us instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to convict or to convince us. A guide convinces Amen? Amen. Can we keep going? Is that okay? All right. I'm going to give you the last point. We're going to land the plane. 
We're happy about that. We're landing the plane. All right. Dive deeper through a guide, the Holy Spirit. Secondly, dive deeper with his gifts. Dive deeper with his gifts. Now, let me just say, you can't have a relationship with God without the Holy Spirit. So when you accept Christ, you have received the Holy Spirit. No one can call Jesus Lord without the Holy Spirit. You can't be born again unless you've been born of the water and of the Spirit, the Bible says. So we have received the Holy Spirit. But just because we have the Holy Spirit functioning in our life as a guide doesn't mean that we have walked in the gifts that he has available to us. He has gifts for you. Now, I don't have a lot of time, and, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, it says that we need to not be ignorant concerning his gifts. The Bible says in, Psalm, or in 1 Corinthians 14 that we're supposed to desire spiritual gifts. And there are different types of gifts in the Bible. There's the leadership gifts, which are given by the Father, that we see in Scripture. I don't have time to talk about that. There's the, the, the gifts to the church, which are given by Christ. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher are gifts to the church for equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. But then there are what are called the gifts of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has gifts to give his people, you and I. Let's take a look at some of these gifts. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. It says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given, or the gift of the Spirit is given for the common good. Let me just tell you, every gift that he has available for you is for the good. It's for the good of all. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits or discerning of spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues or spiritual language. And still to another the interpretation of tongues or spiritual language. So he's giving us these gifts, and these gifts are to be a blessing for the good of the church. But here's what happens. Sometimes in the process of this giving of gifts, because people are operating in the gifts, things can get a little strange. Let me say this. My friend, the Holy Spirit, is awesome, but he's not weird. And sometimes when people who have a good heart are wanting to know about the gifts or operate in the gifts, if they're not careful, they try to operate in relating to others in a relevant, you know, in a world trying to be relevant. They're trying to operate on the surface, uh, not realizing that the way that you operate in the depths is different. I'll give you an example. When you go diving, did you know that the the little air pack on your back, there's a gauge that tells you how many pounds per square inch there are, how much air you have left, and what would last you three hours of air if you swim around the surface, if you go 250 feet under the water, will only last you three minutes. Because the pressure is so great, so the way you operate at 250 feet is different than the way you operate at 20 feet. And so sometimes people, they go deep, and God gives them gifts, and things start happening, but then they try to swim to the surface real fast. And by the way, if you're 250 feet deep, and you try to swim to the surface real fast, it'll kill you. 
because the, the compression of your system compresses the nitrogen that you're breathing in. And as you go higher, the compression loses itself. And what happens is it creates bubbles that expand and literally begins to rip your veins and your joints apart. So you can only go a certain level for a period of time, decompress, go a, no, a little bit more, and you know every minute you can extend a little bit more. So the way you operate, the way things happen at 250 feet deep are different than the way they, they operate at 20 feet deep. And the problem is sometimes people who love God and are, are trying to share the gifts they've been given, they're operating at the surface level and they're doing things the way they do it at the 250 feet level. So when they see someone and God gives them, a, as we read a moment ago, a word of knowledge. What is a word of knowledge? It's where God will reveal to you something about somebody else and the thing that's going on in their life. So they'll come up and they'll operate in these super spiritual terms with code words and say, as thou was standing before me. The light of God spoke into the inner recesses of my being. And the Lord would say unto thee. And, and, and if they're not careful, they start getting super spiritual. And the person doesn't know how to react because they're being a little bit weird, a little bit strange in the way they're doing it. And it's because they've been in some deep places and they've, they've understood some deep things. But they haven't understood that when it comes to sharing the gift that you operate on the surface a little bit deeper or a little bit differently than when you operate deeply. And understand that you can do the same thing. You can, you can share the grace and, and goodness of God by saying, hey, you know what? When we were talking a moment ago, I felt like God whispered something into my heart about a situation, and here's what he showed me. And Could this be the Lord saying, and can I pray with you? And look at how the difference is just being sensitive to the altitude. So one of the things here at Higher Vision Church, we try to help people understand the altitude so that we can relate to our world. You see, here's what I want you to know about these amazing gifts that God has given us. It kind of reminds me of a gift that I was given, the best gift for my birthday that I've ever received, and I've got some really good ones. But there was a friend of mine who, uh, many years ago when I was in high school, my last year, I, I played basketball, and the last game I broke 1,000 points, and in our school that was big. It was back before, and Todd, you'll understand this probably a little bit more my age it was back before the three-point line was in in high school so I graduated and the next year they put the three-point line in I think I'm a little older than you so probably no so you're old too awesome hallelujah I'm not the only one so I broke a I broke a thousand points that game and so they they basically took the game ball and they all signed it and they wrote a thousand and one on it and they threw me in the shower and they presented it to me after the game and and so in my office for many years as I was a pastor or whatever, there was this glass case and this ball was sitting there and it was just kind of a, a wonderful memory. Well, one day when I was gone, um, there was kind of this weird stalker person. Um, you know, sometimes I know that it's weird at church that you see people kind of following a pastor around from time to time. And you know, here we try not to, to make that clear, but sometimes weird things happen. People will call, make death threats, or stalk you. It just comes with the territory. When you're visible, sometimes um, things like that happen. And so at the church, someone literally came, broke into my office, destroyed everything in my office, every picture of my family, cut up the faces of my family, and stole my basketball. And so we actually, the person was found out, and everything happened, and, and uh, everything worked out, but I never got my ball back. So about six years ago, on a birthday, a good friend of mine by the name of Doug came walking in with this big box. He said, Jared, I got this for you. And I opened it, and you know what it was? It was a replica ball 
of the original ball that I had, and it had a 1,001 on it, and it had all this stuff, and it was under this beautiful glass case. Man, I love that gift. It's in my office right now. And you know why? Not so much because of the ball, but because Doug was so thoughtful, and he was so kind, and he was so gracious. Why do I tell you the story? Because I want to give you a thought as we end. The gift reflects the giver. Why is it that God wants to give you and I gifts? Why can't he just be the guide? Why do we need gifts? Here's why he wants to give us the gifts. Because he wants the world to know that he is kind and thoughtful and loving and forgiving and caring. He wants the world to catch a view of who he is. And so the gift reflects the giver. It shows us that he loves us and he cares for us. You see, here's the big point of the weekend. You want, the, you want to know the big point? Because of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, our guide, and because he's the one who gives us gift, God has called for every one of us to be. Are you ready? This is the profound moment for everyone. God has called for you and I to be, you ready? A re-gifter. <laughs> Anybody here ever got a gift and immediately you're like, that's a re-gift? <laughs> Come on. Freely I have received, freely I have Given. In other words, what God is trying to do in your heart and do in mine is to understand that he's given us a guide so that we can know the Father better. And as we know him, we can begin to receive the gifts that he's given us. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, working of miracles. He's loving and he's kind. And he knows when you don't know what to do in your situation, that a word of wisdom at the right moment can give you the wisdom you need to handle that situation. He knows that when you're struggling with sickness and a chronic illness and someone comes up and lays their hands on you to pray for you because they have the gift of healing, in their life and that healing will give you hope and strength he knows what you need why because the giver of the gift is loving he is kind and he wants you to know and he wants the world to know so he's giving you gifts so that we can let the world know but we have to receive them to re-gift them say I'm a re-gifter the, the worship team is coming as we bring this to a conclusion there's a passage in the Bible, in Acts chapter 19, verse 17 and 18. I, I don't think I've used it all weekend, but I want to use it now, guys, if you'll pull it up. Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Saul has been blinded. He had an encounter with God. He's been blinded. And here's what it God sends Ananias to pray for him, a regifter. God sent Ananias this regifter. And he says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Why do I share that verse? Because I believe today that God's getting ready to cause some scales to fall from some of our eyes. Maybe you're here and you grew up in a church tradition where the gifts of the Spirit, oh, that's weird, that's goofy, that's not for today. Listen, maybe God's trying to take some things away from your eyes so that you can see that he has some gifts that he's loving and he's caring and he wants to put them in your life so that you can receive and experience and give away to others. Maybe you're here and you've been sidetracked and you're looking at the lava, not realizing that God has more and the Holy Spirit wants to come and 
remove the scales from your eyes and give you a little kick to get you started again, growing again, believing again, serving again, giving again. Maybe you're here and you're swimming off the wrong direction. And the Holy Spirit is here to take the scales off of your eyes to have you realize, no, go that way. Because there's a turtle, there's some fish, there's a reef waiting for you. See this whole weekend coming up, going deeper? It's a weekend for us to just in and experience all that God has for us. Maybe you have questions. Listen, I put something on our website this week called Spiritual Answers. You'll see a logo. I think they're going to pull it up. You'll see a logo, and um, on the top of the screen, it'll come up with one of the banners. And when you see that, if you have questions, maybe you're wondering, well, what about the speaking in tongues or spiritual language? Is that for today? And what does that involve? How could I receive that gift? If you click on this, there's a little video where I answer five basic questions. And in those questions, some of them have to do with why are people so passionate or why, why when we pray for people do we lay our hands on them? It could be basic things that maybe you've never understood before. And in that, there's some links. There's a sermon about the gifts of the Spirit. There's a sermon about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's a way for you to grow and go deeper and understand. This coming week, we're going to have times, lots of times of prayer. And in those times, you may not know it, but over here on the side of the auditorium when we're praying, do you realize that the gifts are operating? Our prayer team is praying for people and giving words of wisdom, praying gifts of healing, faith, working of miracles, prophecy. All those things are taking place every week right here at Higher Vision Church. God has called you. Maybe he wants to take the scales off your eyes and realize it's time to start being a re-gifter. 